I want to open um, with this today. How many of you have prayed this prayer? Father, it's me again. I've messed up. God, I told you that I would never do that again, but here I am. God, I thought we were past this, but Lord, I just can't. I'm a failure. I don't even know why you put up with me. Why do you love me, Lord? God, last week, you moved so powerfully in my life, and I thought everything was going to be good, but Lord, here I am again. I failed you. I've broken my promise to you. And God, I just can't seem to get my life together. What's going on? Lord, forgive me. Help me again. I promise, God, I'll never do it again. Amen. And then next week, Heavenly Father, it's me again. See, we're in this process. We're in a process of becoming more and more like Christ. And, and we mess up. We, 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 we miss the mark so many times. We, we don't quite become all that God wants us to become right away. God is working on us day by day, slowly. It's a process that we go through. And, and I'm telling you, for those of you who've been saved for a long time and you've been walking this faith out, you are nowhere near close to God, but you're a whole lot closer than you were when you started. There's things in your life that they're in the past. God has helped you break free from those things. You're now walking in freedom, but there's also things that God keeps bringing up. I don't know about you, but it feels like this with me. It's like, okay, God, we're working on this together. We get through it, and he's like, all right, Neil, good job. Okay, now work on this. Like, oh, do I have to? Yes. And you get through that, and God's like, okay, now let's work on this. Let's work on this. It's a progressive uh, process that we walk through in our faith that God is making us more and more like him. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 puts it this way. And I love this passage. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or there is freedom. And I talk about this all the time. It's like freedom is not the absence of something, it's the presence of someone. It's not the absence of, of not doing that thing, but it's the presence of the Spirit of God. That's where true freedom is. It says, now the Spirit is the Lord, the, the Lord is the Spirit, and the Spirit of the Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage, true freedom. It's the amplified version. And we all, with unveiled faces, I mean, we see God completely and totally. No veil is taken away. That's what Christ did for us. Continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are progressively, you get that progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to even more glory. This word glory means the brightness. Like we are being brighter and brighter every day. We're shining more for Christ every day. He is progressively working on his people, making us to where the reflection of the Lord is off of us. From one degree of glory to another degree of glory, which comes from who? The Lord, who is the Spirit. See, it's glory to glory. We are being transformed day by day, failure to failure. You know, we don't like to fail. We don't like to mess up. We don't like to miss the mark, but sometimes we do. But in those moments, we still find God's grace. Man, and that's what just blows me away. 
That God knows every time I'm going to make a mistake. That God knows every time I'm going to go back on my word, even though I just prayed, God, I'm never going to do it again. He knows I'm going to do it again. He knows when I'm going to do it again. But yet his grace is still there and it's still sufficient. He's, 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 his grace is there to push me along saying, come on, we're better than this. I created you for more than this. I love you. We're going to get past this together. I'm going to pull it out of you. I'm going to prune it from you and make you all that I've called you to be. See, he wants us to live in freedom. The thing is, we're free already. Like as soon as Christ, you gave your life to Christ and, and, and you asked God to come into your life, you are free. The problem is, is that we're not learning to live in that freedom. We're having to walk out that freedom in our life. We're free already. It's just learning to walk it out. We have to grow in our freedom. What do I mean by that? Well, we see this story in Exodus. See, the Israelites were free, were they not? They were free. They were walking in the wilderness. They were about to go into the promised land. And, and, and God's telling the people, you're, you're living as free people, and I'm going to take you into this promised land. And here's what's going to happen with the, the inhabitants there. Says, I'm, I've given this land to you. It's already yours. Like, this is your land. This is your promise. This is what I've promised to you. And he says this about them going into the land and conquering in Exodus 23. He says, I will send my terror before you, and I will throw into confusion all the people against whom you shall come, and I will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. And I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, and the Hittites from before you. I will not drive them out before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the wild beasts multiply against you. Did you get that? He says, I will not drive them out before you in one year, like all at once, lest the land become desolate and the wild beasts multiply against you. Saying, if I drive all these people out now, it's going to be desolate, and when you get there, the wild beasts are going to devour you because they're going to be more numerous than you are. And then he says, little by little I will drive them out before you until you have increased and possessed the land. And then I will set your border from the Red Sea to the Sea of the Philistines and from the wilderness to the Euphrates, for I will give the inhabitants of the land into your hand and you shall drive them out before. Did you get that? He said, you will inhabit the land, but first you have to grow into it. You know, when I was a kid, I used to go shopping with my grandparents. I hated it because they'd always buy clothes too big for me. That's probably why, you know, I got fat because I was always trying to grow into my clothes. But but they would do that. Then they would grab my pants and go, he'll grow into them. He'll grow, he'll, they grab shirts too big, they'll grow into them. You buy your, sh your tennis shoes too big, he'll grow into it. You see, we have to grow into our freedom. We're already free. It's already ours. It's already there. But we have to learn to grow into it. We have to learn to walk out this freedom that God has given to us, lest we be overwhelmed. Man, would you think about all the things in your life that are not where God wants them to be? It's a lot. And if I tried to work on every one of those things at once, it would be overwhelming and I would give up. And I think that's where we are as believers. We see all of our failures, all of our shortcomings, all the things that we, oh God, I know I'm not supposed to do that. I know I'm not supposed to be this way. I know I'm supposed to be this way. And yet we get overwhelmed and we get discouraged and we quit and we give up. We stop coming to church. We stop reading our Bible. We stop even trying to pray. We just give up. But you need to understand that it's a process. It's a progressive 
process that God is working, he's molding you, he's shaping you, he's making you into more of his image. Now, for some of us, it's immediate on some things, and some of us, we got to work it out. We got to work it out. I had a bad, I say this all the time, I had a bad language problem. Not that I couldn't speak English, I just didn't speak. I spoke bad words. That was every, you know, I I like those colorful words. Colorful word. I had colorful language. And I kept praying, God, help me stop cussing. Help me stop being, I know it's not a good example for my workmates, but I was around it all day. I mean, I worked with truck drivers and I worked with people in that industry. And so that was just a part of the common language. But I knew it was hurting my witness to these people because I just started to get into ministry and I'm like, man, I can't be saying this. I can't be just like them. I need to be set apart, kind of like we heard about last week. I know I needed to work on this, and so I prayed to God, like, God, help me stop cussing, help me stop cussing, help me stop cussing. And it was a progressive thing, and then one day I just stopped. Why? Because I was aware of it, and I asked God into that situation and into that, into that part in my heart. I started finding scriptures that talked about the mouth, that talked about our thoughts, and, and it talked about our hearts. Scripture says that out of our hearts, our mouths speak. So what's coming out of my mouth was in my heart. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't want that in my heart. Get that out. And so I asked God to come into that situation. And it took time. It took time. But God worked it out. And we have to allow God to work those things out in our life. Or we'd be overwhelmed if we try to fix everything all at once. It's a little by little process. We grow as we go, I wish we, as soon as I gave my life to Christ, man, I wish as soon as I gave my, my life to Christ, everything was fixed, everything was good, that I never sinned again, that I trusted him completely with everything, that I obeyed him every time without fear, that I treated people the way that he wants me to, but I didn't. <laughs> and I still don't all the way. I've still got a lot of growing to do. But like I said, some things shifted immediately, but most of those issues were dealt with one or two at a time. And we just have to allow God to work on those things. It's a process. Our faith is stretched. Our, stre- our faith has to grow. See, I have to learn to trust God in everything. That's a hard thing. I have to learn to trust God little by little, bit by bit. And the more I learn to trust God, the more I can have faith in God. The more I see his faithfulness in one circumstance or one situation, the more I can trust him in the other things. See, because I think about, I think about Peter. When he saw Jesus out on the water, walking on the water, and, and he said, Lord, if that's you, then call out to me. And he said, it's me, Peter. Come on, come on, come walk on the water. But I I want to believe, and I know this isn't in the Bible, but I want to believe that Peter, seeing that all the miracles that Jesus had done before that time, seeing the faithfulness of Christ in all that time before, seeing the bread and the fish multiplied, seeing people healed, seeing demons cast out, seeing the miracles that God had done, seeing him calm the storm, he could trust in Jesus. And when he called him out on the water, he, he could step out. Because why? He saw and he learned to trust him. We have to learn that we grow as we go, the little by little, and that God is refining us and shaping us into more of his image. But we don't like to be stretched. 
We don't like to be grown. We don't like to go through the things that it takes for us to grow. John 15, 1 through 8 says this. It says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more fruit. We used to have these pepper plants last year. We planted them. They were pretty measly and sickly for a while. And then I started looking up stuff on Google. You know, that's what you do. You Google everything. And so I, I looked up on the Google how to, how, to, how to make these pepper plants grow. And I learned that if you trim them back to the healthy part, that they're going to grow twice as much fruit or twice as much peppers as they would the other way. And so I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I think they're going to die, but they didn't. So I cut them off the way they said. And guess what? In about a month and a half, we had more peppers growing off that plant than I could hold because it was pruned back. See, there's things on that, in our life that are taking up space. There's things in life that are diseased, that, that don't need to be there. Just like that pepper plant, there was diseased leaves and diseased branches that were sucking the life out of that plant and keeping it from being fruitful. And there's things in our life that are keeping us from being fruitful. God wants us to be fruitful. That's why he says he prunes every branch of mine that does not bear fruit. And he prunes the branches. He cuts off every branch that does not bear fruit. And then he prunes the ones that do. So they bear even more fruit. And he says this to us believers. We need to understand you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given to you. But here's the key. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. He says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Maybe you just need to write that on your mirror. <laughs> apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Some, some, such branches are gathered into a pile and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. God has so much he wants to produce in us. He, wants to, he has so much he wants to produce in us and through us. But there's things, like I said, there's things in our life that are taking up space and energy. And when you trim those things back, when God prunes those things back, it allows growth to happen in the healthy areas. And you become more fruitful. But the problem is we don't like the pruning process. We don't like to be disciplined. We don't like for our lives to be shown up. See, Jesus works on us through two things, truth and grace. The truth hurts, but it doesn't hurt because it's the cutting. The truth is basically him pulling the branch and saying, this branch is dead. This branch is broken. It needs to be removed. When you, when you read the word of God and you see the truth and, and you're thinking to yourself, oh man, I fail, I'm failing in that area. When you pray and the Holy Spirit's talking to you and you say, man, I'm failing in that area, that hurts, but it's the truth. The truth hurts, but it's not the cutting. That's not where the cutting is. The grace is where the cutting is. And I think so many times we, we just allow God to grab it and show us, hey, this needs to, this needs to come off. This needs to be pruned back. This needs to be cut out of your life. And you're like, no, nah, nah, nah. no, I, you can't. You can't cut that because we feel the pain of it or we feel the weight of it. And we don't want to allow God to come in and prune that thing back or cut it out. 
And the problem is we miss the grace. We miss the grace of God cutting, cutting that thing out and giving us new life and allowing the rest of it to grow and to mature and to produce fruit that he wants for us. We need to allow God's grace. We get so offended with the truth because the truth hurts. But then we miss out on the grace. We need to learn to not get so offended at the truth, but listen to the truth and then allow God's grace to come in and cut off that dead space to prune back things that need to be pruned for God to let us grow little by little and to take the territory that he has for us. We must allow his grace to grow us. You know, grace is where God's like, come on, let's go. It's like for you athletes, like smacking the butt, right? Come on, come on, you got this. You got this. You, you were meant for more than this. Come on, what are you doing? Let's go. That, that's grace. It's like, come on, you got this. Don't worry about it. We're in this together. God's got you. And yet we forfeit the grace because we get so offended at the truth. We need to allow God to come in and give us the truth, but also allow the grace to come in and work on it. See, we get so impatient with God. We get so impatient with ourselves because we keep failing over and over, and God keeps showing us that branch that needs to come off, that thing that needs to be cut down or, or pruned, and we're like, I don't know, God. And, and we keep failing over and over and not letting his grace come in and, and change that situation, and we give up. We lose hope. We get discouraged. But God's saying, just let me handle it. Let me trim you back little by little, bit by bit. Let's grow as we go. See, here's the problem. We all want God's rewards without the pruning. We want God's promises without the, without the stretching. We want all of God's blessings without the training. I Man, I, th I think of it like kids' sports. Everybody gets a what? A participation trophy. Doesn't matter if you won. Doesn't matter if you trained hard. Why even train? You're going to get the same prize, right? I mean, why even have practice? Okay, why, can we just get rid of baseball practice? Because it doesn't matter. I mean, they all get the same prize, right? Why even train if you're going to get the same prize? See, I think we have the same approach to our faith. It's like, God, I ain't going to try. I ain't going to try. I ain't going to do nothing. I, I feel entitled to this. But, but Paul says this in 1 Corinthians. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an, external, for, we do it for an eternal prize. I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, Training, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Man, do you hate training? Yeah, I mean, if you're like, no, I love training. You're lying. I hate training. I hate it. I hate training. I hate practicing. You know why? Because it's painful. It makes my bones hurt, right? It makes my muscles hurt. It makes things hurt. And it reminds me of how old I am. You know, we, we hate training. But what does it produce? What's it produce? It produces something beautiful. See, training takes time and it's painful. I see so many people give up or stop because they meet a little resistance. But I'm telling you, in that resistance is where we grow the most. In the stretching, 
is where we are able to contain what God wants to give to us. It's a little by little. God is growing you. See, here's the thing. This cute little cup here. I mean, it's a cute little cup for communion. We're like this. God, give me everything you got. And we got this little bitty cup that just holds a little bit. But God's wanting to stretch you. God's wanting to mold you. God's wanting to expand your cup. And, and we're out here like this. God, give me everything you got. And he's like, I got so much more for you than this, this little cup. I mean, you got that big water tower out there. That's how big he wants, I mean, even bigger. But yet we're just satisfied with this little bit. God's saying, I want to give you more. I want to stretch you. I want to grow you little by little, bit by bit. I'm going to prune you back so that you are more fruitful. Man, I'm telling you guys, let's not settle for this. Let's allow God to come in and work in our lives. Know that he has so much more for you if you allow him to stretch you so that you will be equipped for every good work, full of the fruit of the Spirit, made complete and whole. That's what freedom is. It's being complete and whole, lacking nothing. He is perfecting you day by day, little by little. We are growing and are going. Don't quit because it's painful. Know that the pain is where the weakness is leaving the body. You know that saying, pain is weakness leaving the body. Well, it really is. Dead things are being removed. I have a video I want to show you. It kind of ties all this in, and I just want to let it minister to you today. It's called God's Chisel, so you can go and play that. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, his masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't really see a, a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a Picasso. It's like, <laughs> but I want to be his masterpiece. I want to be everything he created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, Dear Heavenly Father, do whatever it takes to mold me into the image of your son. Make me your masterpiece. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. You said the prayer, so here I am. You're not God. No, I am. You said the prayer. That's how it works. Okay, okay. If you're God, then make it snow in here. You know what? I really don't want to make it snow in here because it'd get kind of yucky. Yeah, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Okay, okay. Um, if you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is only five chapters. It's a very short book. Oh. Why was it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh. Okay, okay. If you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? I'm really not into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. Well, gave it away. You answered my question with a question. I did? <sighs> yeah, I do that. Don't I? I did it again. Step right up. Here we go. Okay. All right. Hey, what are we doing? I'm going to make you my original masterpiece. This is the process. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Wait, wait. What are these about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. Okay. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Step right up. Here we go. Okay. Oh, hey, God. Mm -hmm. How do you know what to chisel away and what to leave? I take out everything in your life that doesn't belong there, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of dead weight, could you chisel right here? It showed up when I was in my 20s and grew around and became back fat. I don't even know why you created that, but I can't get rid of it. I mean, I've tried everything. Like, I tried running, I tried lifting weights. My wife actually talked me into trying Pilates. That was awkward. But I can't get rid of it. So if you would just chisel around here, and then, you know what, if you chisel a line right here and maybe 
four to five, maybe eight lines right here. That would be awesome. You're funny. You made me that way. I also made the platypus. With the platypus. All I'm saying is most of my children, when it comes to this process, they just want to talk, but they don't want to do the work. So do you want to talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel, No, talk, no, chisel. no, 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 no. I choose to chisel. All right. Through my Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring up things in your life that I want you to work on. Like your anger. I created the emotion, but you use it in the wrong way. Um, you compare yourself to others instead of me. You tell little white lies because you want to people please. You're lazy. But you try to fool everybody by looking really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Time out. <laughs> I don't really have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust. No, I can do it anytime I want. <sighs> Hang on a second. I mean, I, I got to admit, I, mean, I feel like you've been doing some great work and I'm looking pretty good right now. All right, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and other people need to see my son. Okay, don't misunderstand me. It's just um, when I look more like Jesus, people get uncomfortable around me. I mean, even my church friends and they're like, oh, you're holier than thou, you know? And, and I, don't, I don't think I'm supposed to make people uncomfortable. So what you're saying is you'd rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. That is not what I said. It's what you meant. Yes, it is. Um, it's hard to talk to you. You know everything that I'm thinking. I'm just saying you've done some great work. Maybe we take a break, a sabbatical from each other, you know. I'll stay right here and then, you That's know. That's just it. You never just stay right there. You're either moving toward me or away from me, but never you just stay. What you're doing is called control. Do you want to control things in your life or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control, no, chisel. No, chisel, chisel. All right. But can we chisel where I want? That's called control. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Now this right here, this secret sin that you keep running to whenever you're hurting, angry, lonely, tired, that you think you're fooling everybody, but it's making you a whitewashed tomb. Are you ready for me to chisel this out of your life? Yeah. See, it's a process. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's your whole life. And you care so deeply about what other people think of you. It's rubbish. It's garbage. The greatest thing you're ever going to hear is at the end of your life when you hear me say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what you keep your eye on. That's the prize. Heavenward. Oh, that hurts. Oh, trust me. This hurts me more than it hurts you. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, I don't think you understand this pain. Pardon me? You're asking me to sacrifice a lot, God. Don't. Talk to me about sacrifice. I know all about sacrifice. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And there are things that you've been doing for years, these empty wells that don't have anything to offer. You've been going to them and it's insane. Allow me to chisel them out of your life. Um, allow me to produce character when you keep focusing so much on your image. Okay, but I was thinking. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Okay, but if we went another way. Your ways are not oh, my ways. Oh, I can't. You can't what? I, I, I can't be good. That's your excuse. That's your excuse is that you can't be good. It's not an excuse. I can't. Oh, my child. In the beginning. I said it was good. I made you good. Be good. Yeah. 
But you and I both... What? Nothing. No, what is it? Nothing, okay? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just, um... I let you down so many times, God. No, my child. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand. Never the other way around. In this relationship, I hold you up. Okay. Chisel away. But just, just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. Because I know who's inside there. Because I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror and I hate who I see. Because deep inside there, this, this, this little kid who gets up every morning and dresses like an adult. And I go out and I, and I try to do what I'm supposed to do, but I can't, okay? I can't be who everybody else expects me to be. God, I can't even be who I want to be, much less who you created me to be. And so inside is this scared, stupid little kid. But you chisel away. Just be prepared. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that were not for me. And you have totally bought into the lie, haven't you? You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night after you've done the dance to get the hug, you think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't take time to make junk. How can I show you that my love for you stretches as far as the east to the west, that how can I show you that my love for you has no end? I know. Reach in your back pocket. What? Reach in your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach in your back pocket. Oh, God. Yes? I just went, God, I'll do that right now. You were just saying my name in vain. Come on. It's, it's a name. It's a saying. It's a name above all names. It's more than a saying. It's more than a name. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. Gosh. You know what that is? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a note. I, I wrote it when I was in college. How did you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, read it. I love Angie. Other side. Sorry. Dear God, did I hear you right today? I hear you say that you love me even though you and I both know I've messed up so many times did I hear you say you want to use me and I feel so useless if you'll take me and use me then God I give you all that I am Take me. I love you, God. I love you too. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. This salvation that you hold, I don't want it to be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And when problems come and chaos happens, don't look at it as a, as a prison, but look at it as a father disciplines child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. 
know, but it's gonna be tough. Yes, but you bought into the lie thinking everything was gonna be easy when you gave everything over to me. There will be trouble in this world, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy is God's. No, not the way you see yourself or you try so desperately for others to see you, but maybe for the first time in your life, the way I see you, the way I created you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. And so are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we all, with unveiled face, continually seeing in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord, who is spirit. Would you allow the Lord to grow you today? To chisel away at some things? What have you been holding back from God? What have you been trying to tell God what he needs to work on and not allow him to work on the things in your life that really need to be pruned out and cut back? You know what they are. You know what you're dealing with. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's distrust. Maybe it's just not allowing God to come into a situation. You're trying to control it all. God does it, not us. We have to surrender. That's how you walk out this faith thing. You just surrender it all to him. It's all through his spirit. That's where the freedom is. And when we learn just to let go and let God handle it, life is so much better. But it's a process. We're learning to let go. We gotta grow into it.